So I think for sure, like any other company that sells a product or service, retention is really important, especially because now, you know, it's not the only game in town. There's other places to do all of these things. So, you know, making sure that we're maintaining the best product and making sure that we are understanding what people like, don't like, and, you know, try to fix those pain points and that we're solving pain points is important. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to the one-to-one -one consumer marketing podcast. Today I'm speaking with Stephanie Horton, Senior Director of Global Marketing at Google. Stephanie, thanks for chatting with me today. No, happy to be here. Before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you ended up leading global marketing at Google? Yeah, I've had a little bit of a winding path of a career. I've done a lot of things. I started out in finance, actually then went back to business school and transitioned midway through to marketing. So I graduated with a degree, you know, in marketing and entrepreneurship. I then went on to actually work at an agency in Chicago called Draft Worldwide. Back then, the focus really was direct marketing. Um, we had a lot of automotive clients from Cadillac to Audi. So it was like how to basically get people in cars and how to sell more cars and what creative ways can we do that. I will say they had an agency called KBA Marketing, which was probably was one of the first experiential marketing companies. So I think before social media, before influencers, this was our way of kind of making sure that you could, you know, touch different people and, you know, partnerships and do things in a way that was a little more viral and a little less traditional. So I think I had like my first taste of that then. I then moved on to a bit of publishing. I worked in strat planning for the New York Times. I worked as executive director of uh, marketing services at Vogue. I then did e-commerce. So from Vogue, I ended up going to Shopbop, actually. Amazon had just acquired them and they were looking for someone to run their marketing team with like a non-traditional background. And I think that was exciting for me because going from publishing, which was, you know, I mean, it was in Vogue, so we were doing a lot of things that were out of the box. It was still pretty traditional marketing and digital marketing was just starting to happen. Uh, so, and we're better to learn that than Amazon. And then from there, I ended up moving to London for almost six years to be CMO of Farfetch and then moved back to take a chief strategy officer position at Alexander Wang, um, where I ended up actually being co-CEO. And then Google started calling me about this job and it was interesting and, you know, it was scalable and it's Google. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing amazing career. And before we move on, probably to, you know, go into a few points you, you mentioned, you were also co-CEO at Alexander Wang. So you were the CEO. That's yeah. amazing. How does it change, right? So usually, I don't know, CMO has to ask for, for budget and, and so on, but how does it change if you're also the co-CEO? Yeah. I mean, like when I took the position, you know, it was really to focus on strategy and, you know, less about marketing. But so, you know, for me, it was a for what I came there for, it was a pretty easy transition because I was kind of doing that role anyway as the you know, as chief strategy officer, because the job really was to look at the company on a more macro level and understand, you know, new revenue streams. How do we grow? What maybe do we need to, you know, it's kind of like stop, start, continue. Like what maybe should we not be doing? What should we be doing? Where are we doing really well? So it really was going back to my roots of more, you know, strategy, you know, strategic planning and, you know, finance of really being able to look at something from a big picture point of view 
and chart a path of where it should go. And I think that really led me to this position because while it's global marketing is a lot of strategy, and this was something that, you know, Google Shopping had been a lot of iterations and forms before I came. So it really was about working with the product team and, you know, engineering leadership and being like, okay, what is this product? How do we form it? Like, what is the consumer proposition? What is the value proposition? And really, you know, going forward from there. Yeah. Before we come to Google and your current role, how big was Farfetch when you joined as a CMO? Because it was a big jump, right? So it was, you moved from the US to London, took the CMO role. How big was Farfetch back then? Yeah. When I went to Farfetch, it was still pretty small. You know, I went at the end of 2012. So I think we were probably just opening, you know, the US office. You know, I remember like, I think it was still hard hat when I started, you know, so we ended up with nine offices by the time I left. So I think that was the second office outside of London. And the revenue was probably around three, four hundred billion. So a big jump from when I started to, you know, when I left, the the growth was rapid. I think, you know, Jose, who's a founder, such a visionary. And I think, you know, was just really ahead of his time in kind of being able to revolutionize the way people shop and come up with new ideas along the way. So it really was like high growth, just high functioning. You know, I think there was also a lot of inflection points that happened while I was there. Like, you know, social media really just came to like 2010. So, you know, you had all these new channels that were also, you know, really coming online and available to effectively market. So not only were we growing a business that was quite untraditional and that it was a marketplace, there are also all these new levers to pull in, you know, digital marketing and, you know, social media that were pretty new at the time. So it was an interesting, it was an interesting time. Yeah, sounds great. Maybe that's a good segue because new channels are always interesting, but also the channel mix and how things are changing. How do you see that in your current role? How do you look at the different channels for, for Google? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you always have to look at the efficacy of the channel and what's right for you. You know, I'm a big test and learn person, you know, and sometimes we learn that like, actually this just, you know, we've done it five ways. We've tried six ways to make this effective and it just doesn't work. So let's like, you know, lower our spend here and lean into what's really working. But, you know, I am a big believer in trying everything. You know, I think it's important, you know, especially now that there are so many ways that people, especially for what I do, shopping, and there's so many mediums that people are on to find this information. I think it is important to meet customers where they are. You know, they shouldn't have to find you. So I think, you know, trying new things and trying out, you know, new channels is really important. But I think you do have to, you know, measure efficacy. It's not worth throwing money at something that obviously is not doing anything for you. But, you know, I think sometimes we've actually like, it didn't work the first time, but we're like, okay, maybe if we use this approach and then suddenly, you know, we're getting a return. So I think test and learn is the way. I think Google is famously testing a lot, right? So it's very, very yeah. deeply ingrained into the, the culture of Google testing yeah. every button and, and every color scheme of ads. I mean, but it's the core of, of marketing for, for you as well. When it also comes to life cycle and retention, is there an aspect where you have to, how you look at this from a Google perspective? So you have customers that go through a life cycle. How do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, if you look at Google, it's not a young company anymore. It's a more mature <laughs> company. Yes. And as that happens, you have to actually look at how people are using your product, how often they're using your product, you know, how often they come back. 
and really, yeah, start to look at and set measures to make sure that you're retaining them or at least measuring like where there's fall off or where there's, you know, mm-hmm. where people aren't doing. So I think for sure, like any other company that sells a product or service, retention is really important, especially because now, you know, it's not the only game in town. There's other places to do all of these things. So, you know, making sure that we're maintaining the best product and making sure that we are understanding what people like, don't like, and, you know, try to fix those pain points and that we're solving pain points is important. That sounds familiar. And I know a lot of marketers that are working for trying to retain customers for software products and are having very close discussions with product teams in order to enable this. How do you work with product together to achieve retention? Yeah, I mean, so one of the main focuses of my team, you know, product marketing is to work with the product team to make sure that there is a really good consumer value prop when we go to market with products and that once they're in market that we're really looking at, you know, making sure they're not one hit wonders and making sure that there's, you know, a usefulness that people have throughout time. So it is working with the product team. I mean, they're brilliant here, but, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, this is great, but is this going to be a one-off or will this, does this customer journey actually work or is this something that we think a customer needs to use multiple times? So it's just really asking the right questions, putting it through several litmus tests and making sure that we're surfacing any concerns within the GTM process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a very complex process you're going through. I mean, it's not, right? it's, it probably sounds more complex than it really is. But yeah, for sure, there is a process, you know, just like anything else. Like if you were bringing clothing to market, you know, you're, you're going through the test of like making sure that it has longevity and that, you know, people are going to come back next season and that the quality's right. And so I think it's just the same kind of going through those checks and balances and making sure that we're putting out something that people actually want and need and not, you know, just stuff that we're just kind of like, this is cool. <laughs> you know, there's some of that too. But even if we do that, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, it has some sort of use case or we're solving some sort of problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes makes sense. Makes sense. A combined question, right? So we're two mm-hmm. aspects of the same of the same. What do you think is currently the biggest challenge for you in your in your job? And the other question or the other side of that, what excites you the most about running global marketing for Google? Yeah. I mean, I think my challenge is probably every marketer's challenge is as, you know, budgets tighten and macroeconomic headwinds happen, you know, your your budget is, is smaller. So you have to do more with less. And I always think though it's always an opportunity to see how we can work smarter. But, you know, it's a challenge when, you know, the expectation is to deliver X, but maybe there's less budget to do it. But, you know, I think if you look at it a bit as an opportunity, you can find ways to break through. But then I think that is where you need to be really scrappy and unconventional and look at alternate routes and look at alternate ways to market and not be so traditional and, you know, in the approach of like, okay, these are the only three ways we can reach people. So I think that is when it's fun to be creative. And that's why I think it's also fun to make sure you have a great team with like lots of diversity and age, race, you know, and everything so that people are bringing stuff to the table. I mean, some of the younger people on the team, I'm like, I've never heard of that, but it sounds really cool. Let's try it, <laughs> you know? So I think it's important to have a real diversity of thought on the team so that you're getting all of those new ideas that you wouldn't have thought of. 
And I think as far as Google, I think the number one reason why why I came here and I worked here is like the impact that we we have. I think, you know, we are able to do stuff at scale. So you really do see how you're helping a small business or you're helping a merchant or you're helping a consumer find something. And you're seeing that at scale with some of the tools and technology that we built. And obviously being here at this time where, you know, AI is, is a big deal. So being here at this time is amazing just to be able to learn and, you know, kind of be at the forefront of what's happening is really exciting. Yeah, you're probably one of the marketers with the biggest impact and scale out there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's a nice, you know, I've been on both sides where, where mm -hmm. you've had like $5 or, mm -hmm. you know, and smaller impact. And here where, like I said, you know, you actually see the results of your work and market because so many people use Google, right? So you can see how it's helping people find things or on the merchant side, how some of the tools are really helping people grow and expand their business. And, you know, it's it's just a good thing to be able to see and participate in. Mm -hmm. You know, from someone like you who started, you worked with, you know, five dollar budgets <laughs> to mm -hmm. now much more zeros behind that, uh, I would assume. What's, you know, your advice you would like to give your, your younger self if you would start again? Or what kind of advice would you give out to people right now who are in the industry and, you know, want to make their way up? I mean, I would say try everything. I mean, as you heard in the beginning, I've tried a lot, you know, I've mm -hmm. done a lot yeah. of things. And I would say don't sacrifice experience and scope for titles and things that you may think you need to be doing. Because I think for me, it's, it was always about what is this job? What can I learn? What's mm -hmm. the scope? You know, where's the hole in my resume that I can fill with this rather than like, I need to be a VP or I need to be this. And I think you're more successful that way because you actually learn a lot more. And I think you end up having a lot more to offer than when you follow a very narrow path forward. And I think these days, one of the things we talked about before we started, like what's different in marketing now, I think these days it is about the approach. And I think there's less rules than there were before. You know, I think, you know, I've been working a long time. <laughs> I've been working almost 30 years. And I think back when I started, there was like, you know, four channels to market in. It went this way. You know, there weren't lots of choices. So I think the abundance of choices and avenues and channels that we have to try today, you know, I think is what makes it fun. And you can almost like make it what you want it to be, which I think is a really good place to be in. So I think if you have the right strategy and the right approach, it's just putting together all the pieces and you can be unique. You know, I think this is like, look at 30 years ago, everyone was doing the same thing. Everyone was in the same 10 magazines, same billboards, and the same TV. You know what I mean? Like it was a sea of sameness. And, and these days, I think you can really break through and find your own voice, which I think is great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also making bets, right, on different channels because you have so many yeah. different ways that are happening. And not only you can make bets on companies like you did with Farfetch, yeah. uh, which turned out to be amazing, but also bets on channels, bets on skills, right? What is needed in the future? I think that's also something that is very impactful if, yeah. if you have the right bet, right? Yeah, for sure. If you look forward five years from today, how does the world in marketing look like? What What do you think? 
What's your prediction? Wow, that's like a hard question. I mean, I think we have, <laughs> there's like a lot happening right now. So, you know, I think obviously there's the future of AI. So it'll be interesting to see how that starts to shape our world and different ways of looking at things and doing things. I think where will social media stand? Like, I think there's so many questions. I feel like we're in an, at an inflection point of so many different things mm-hmm. that for me, it's hard to predict where we are in five years. I think five years ago, I probably could have made a prediction, but now... You know, I do feel like there's so many things in motion um, and Mm -hmm. we're at the forefront of uh, so many things that I'm not sure. I think I think the one thing I do know is that, you know, you do need to it's just about, you know, being able to keep up like, you know, when there's something new, let's try it. You know, and I think Mm -hmm. the only way that you really learn and understand is if you try it. So it'll be interesting to see how certain channels start to shape out and how certain technologies start to contribute to the cause and like what we do. That's a we we have a full loop here, right? So at the beginning, you were saying that when you were at Farfetch, which was such an accelerator, I think also for you seeing at probably 10x growth or something like that, more probably yeah. more than that. That was an infle- social media was an inflection point. Now you see yeah. more inflection points are even happening. Even, but I think now it's an exciting time to you know make bets and make yeah. moves and that. I think. Yeah, very... I think when things are changing, it's it's the best time, right? Because you can just mm-hmm. jump in and figure it out. You know, I think when things are really established and it's like, you know, these are the five things you're supposed to do. That's kind of boring to me um, because <laughs> then it's just like, you know, like, why do you need me? <laughs> there's a cookie yeah. cutter, you know, there's a floor plan for what we're supposed to do. So that's not that's not fun. All right, Stephanie, thank you so much for that conversation. It's a very interesting time indeed. And yeah, I hope that all people are jumping in, trying out new things and you know, making bets on channels, making bets on methods, making bets on AI. I think that's a very exciting time. Yeah. Stephanie, thank you so much for No, thank you for having me. me.